Philadelphia's premier presenter of contemporary performing arts. Today I'm here, I'm Katie Dammers, the artistic producer here, and joined by my fellow artistic producer, Zach Blackwood. Hi there! We invite you to have a cocktail with us and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. Right now, the Fringe Festival is in full swing. <laughs> We've been recording podcast interviews with curated festival artists to give you crucial context around shows coming to Fringe Festival 2018. And tickets are available right now at Fringe Arts, FringeArts.com, and in the Fringe Arts app. The app is available in the App Store as well as the Google Play Store. And if you're still deciding what you want to see, you can open up our app, build your schedule, and check out the What's Hot section maybe be inspired to see something new. Today, we're talking to Phyllis Chen and Nathan Davis. They are ensemble members of the International Contemporary Ensemble, and they're concluding their residency at Christ Church with a program that they've entitled In Plain Air. We are so thrilled to have them speaking with us today. Their performances coming up are on September 22nd at 1, 3.30, and 6 p.m., and on September 23rd at 3.30 and 6 p.m. at the Christ Church campus. Again, you can get tickets online, and when you RSVP for tickets, they're only $2, so we invite you to join us. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Nathan. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's to great, to, great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we're here to talk in plain air, and uh, really... With most people, we're talking about a performance that's happening over a few days, but here we're really talking about uh, really like the last year of your lives, <laughs> a time spent here in Philadelphia digging through uh, one of the most historical churches in the nation and, and kind of celebrating the, the welcoming of a new organ into our community here in Philadelphia. That's right. So maybe you can start by telling us what will an audience member expect? You're going to be activating the entire campus. Can you walk us through what that looks like for people who haven't been to Christchurch before? So Christ Church has a beautiful outdoor garden that is part of the church that is um, um, very beautiful, well-kept with some of the historic gravestones. Um, and so the whole experience first starts by entering through the garden. And in the garden, um, I've created something called floating verses, which is basically these music boxes, these mechanical music boxes that are running through these custom-made birdhouses that are uh, floating inside of the trees. So you hear these the sound of the music boxes as you're walking through and in the garden before the actual experience of being in the concert. After listening to the music boxes for a while, it takes the audience over to the bell, the belfry, where we will hear a work of Nathan's that, uh, that you've written for the bell. Christchurch were bought in 1754. Uh, Benjamin Franklin raised the money for the bells, and uh, they came over from the Whitechapel foundry, uh, the same uh, foundry in England that made the Liberty Bell. And these bells are are still in the belfry and um, are played every day by a carillon mechanism. And um, we went uh, we went a little bit further with that to try to give the audience in the garden experience that you can have 
actually being in the tower with the bells. So you have actually much more close um, sounding experience of, of the, the many, many overtones and the different ways you can, uh, you can play them with different materials. So we're going to give that experience to the audience and uh, while they're still outside in the garden. And that will also uh, conclude with an invitation to enter the uh, sanctuary itself, uh, where there will be more musicians and, of course, the organ. And similar to the carillon, you know, this organ has been in this church for so, so long. Can you tell us a little bit about what your relationship has been with that instrument? It's been there for a long time, and yet this is a new organ for them that they've just installed in the last year or so. Well, when we heard that there was a carillon there, it, we immediately thought, okay, this has got to be Nathan's territory, because you do have like quite a long history with bells. <laughs> Actually, right. it's kind of a thing for me, yeah. <laughs> for better or worse. Um, yeah, and uh, of course, given the the historic nature of them and, and the particular personalities that these bells have, uh, it's a really fantastic opportunity to um, to explore them. And of course, these are the original bells that predate any organ in the church. Uh, the new organ is the fifth one, uh, which has been installed there. And um, it was built by the Fisk Organ Company in, ba- uh, in Massachusetts. And it's designed to last for 150 years. Wow. <laughs> so, and, and it's the, the uh, tracker style of organ, uh, which means that when you push a key, it actually pulls on a cable, which pulls on valves, which are connected to dozens of pipes and uh, releases air from a bellows through it. So it's basically the same technology that Bach used uh, 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's always interesting uh, with these fixed instruments, instruments that are kind of in place. We always talk about their personalities and the colors of them, and they, they become kind of members of a community in a certain fashion. And I think about some of the other organs in Philadelphia. We have the Wanamaker here. There's uh, the Fred J. Cooper. It's just interesting that we have so many and that now seeing them kind of all against one another, uh, you do get to a sense of their personalities and who they are and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. What was it like uh, working to build this piece and understand uh, Christchurch and the history there while Fisk is in the building still voicing the organ? First of all, talking about Fisk being uh, in installing the organ, uh, Phyllis and I were able to come down at many points over the last year and uh, we'd arrive and the, the organ tuners would say, okay, well, these, um, these stops are connected and working, mm. but they're not tuned. These ones are tuned and these other ones aren't working at all. Mm. And um, this, so there was a six-month process of making the whole organ uh, sound pretty and uh and coherent and uh i was really drawn to the to the sounds that were not quite uh smoothed over yet Mm. and uh and that ended up uh influencing uh some of what i wrote for uh in this piece hearing uh for instance just air coming through hoses Mm -hmm. uh when they hadn't connected the pipes yet or like the really like funky out of tune uh reed stops that hadn't been tweaked yet um and so uh, found ways to incorporate those into the ensemble writing, even that though those sounds no longer exist. Mm. It's kind of a way of, mm. of documenting the organ in a state of becoming or possibly in decay. You know, it's just a moment of time that you hopefully won't happen for another 150 years. Yeah, I think it's, it's I think you pretty much said it as in um, it was rare to see the organ being built and being able to come back each time with 
a larger and larger mm. instrument. Um, and I think what I really took away from it was that it's going to be here for a long time, like longer than any of us. So it's like sort of the greeter of the whole of this church and it carries its history, but also it's sort of welcoming like a whole century of people to come later on. Yeah, it's a commitment to another 150 years yes. of Christ Church. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's very right. cool. It's a very optimistic thing Yeah. to, to install yeah. an organ. Yeah. <laughs> it, it means that it, you're, you're planning for generations yeah, exactly. uh, to come and, right. and gener- generations of listeners. Yeah. How did you all get connected with Christ Church at the beginning? What was the genesis of this project? I think Abigail, Abigail, who was working at Christ Church, um, reached out to the International Contemporary Ensemble and just said, I think that there's a project here that might be a good fit with you guys. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding of how we got connected. And at that point, uh, we really knew very little about mm-hmm. you know the project or the organ going in. And mm-hmm. um, our first visit was really like our first time taking a tour of mm-hmm. the history of the church and uh, seeing all the grounds and... Um, gave us full access to all parts of all parts of the campus like you know we mentioned climbing up the belfry and (laughs) sticking our ears inside the bells and things like this i'm sure there are many things you came across that were surprising or unexpected you know what were some of those things that you saw in your exploration and in your multiple trips to philadelphia or even just really old yeah like anything that you were just like whoa (laughs) i have to say like one thing that I, I've never climbed up a belfry before, so mm-hmm. I really wish that everyone got this experience of going up these rickety stairs, and each set of stairs you go up, it gets more and more dicey, <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly <laughs> the like, there's, like, less restoration going on, and then finally when you get up into the belfry, I mean, it feels like, it feels very old. And then, on the other side of it, there's a teeny tiny other small set of stairs that goes into what... I don't know, a mystery room, you know. (laughs) So that was a surprise. That was a surprise that, yeah, for me, just like sort of the crevices of discovering, yeah, all those secret crevices of a place. It's very much from my dream world. I mean, I have dreams like uh, finding these narrow passages with stairways that lead to magical new rooms. Uh, Not necessarily full of bells, but (laughs) it's, you know, uh, it's, it is a really magical uh, experience yeah. to go up there. So I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the community activation uh, things that have happened leading up to this now culminating performance. It feels kind of like uh, the Philadelphia community, I, I mean, helps to uh, make some portions of this piece, that they can look at some some small parts of this, these organ strips uh, that were created for some of these music boxes, um, some of these pipe whistles, you know, yeah. it feels like the community has touched this and has some buy-in. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about um, how that experience of, of activating uh, this community over and over uh, may- maybe helped you to have this piece refract a different way for you? Or Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, when first learning about the church and seeing how it was really like a, a place for the people and mm-hmm. a church for the people, they, they were saying... Um, I really just wanted to be able to incorporate um, the, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia community somehow, especially feeling like I'm not from here. I didn't really know like the, the people in the place I, I was writing for. So 
having sort of these outreach activities was a way for me to just have some contact, you know, with the community, aside from just attending the services when I was here on a Sunday morning. The music box idea, I've worked with a lot with music boxes before, but I think it was mostly from this thought that the organ and the bell belfry all are mechanical instruments in some kind of form. So the music box is also like a miniature mechanical instrument, and it yeah. felt like a an, a connection for me. And um, I wanted to create a long music box strip that incorporated all the different types of um, voices and drawings of the people of Philadelphia. Um, I've also seen like a lot of the murals around the town, mm-hmm. and I like this idea of having it have that type of celebration. And uh, so we, I had a workshop and and collected probably over two hundred um, drawings from children and adults who just sat there and made their strips and punched them out, and uh, we're assembling that. So um, the pipe organs that too was probably influenced by our tours of the organ early on when we were able to see um, the organ being made and they would show us if this is out of tune this is what we do and the kind of craftsmanship mm-hmm. that went into making it and some of the smaller shorter whistles I, w- I thought you know these would be really interesting if they could just move you know one thing about this organ is that it, it's fixed but we can be moving as an ensemble so um, that was a project that I worked with a collaborator of mine in New York, and we came here together to the Charter High School and um, the architecture of Charter High School, and they um, put together the organs with us. And so they, I hope that they feel like a kind of ownership mm-hmm. over that instrument or that piece because they, it, it really was the whistles that they made that became the piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I really didn't have any idea what the piece was going to be. I just had then make the whistles and after that I just saw what I got and then you know wrote, wrote the piece <laughs> so, so cool. yeah. it seems to have this almost whimsical character to mm-hmm. it you know I know you've worked a lot in toy pianos before um, and it brings this this joy this happiness to it that I think we're really excited to see at the performance this week um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the placement of the audience within the concert. You know, not only will they be outside the church through the garden, but how will they be interacting with the organ itself, knowing that the organ is usually activated in a traditional sanctuary environment? Yeah, we've had many conversations about that, <laughs> I guess. As is often the case uh, in Christ Church, the organ is located at the, the rear mm-hmm. of the church. And uh, so an audience seated in the pews is facing away from, uh, from the organ, the organist. And we wanted to find a way to, to reorient the church uh, seating toward it. And we came up with many different scenarios, uh, keeping in mind the, the historic nature of uh, the, the building and, and everything that's in it. And um, finally came up with a plan of seating the audience in one side of the horseshoe balcony. The audience will be on the south, <laughs> the the south side of the balcony, and the organ will be on their right. And then in the north balcony will be uh, ten members of the International Contemporary Ensemble uh, playing sometimes their own instruments, sometimes um, uh, the organ whistles and and uh, 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 toy um, toy horns, to- yeah. toy horns, uh, and and various things. So th- they will be kind of across the space 
from the audience. And so even people who have been to uh, to Christ Church as parishioners or on tours or whatever, they probably haven't spent much time in the balcony. And this is a, a, a way of kind of seeing the space in a different way. And it sounds beautiful up there. And the mm -hmm. organ sounds great up there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, now that the, the organ is completely finished and tuned, uh, it's really a, a, a resplendent uh, instrument. And to hear it up there and... Um, with so much air in the um, in the ceiling and the the, the uh, other instruments across the way, I think it yeah, it's funny. I remember when Parker, um, who's the organist at Christ Church, when we were he was giving us time to work at it, he, work with it. He would always say, "Make sure you walk around because the organ sounds different in di different parts of the room." And we would be rehearsing, and I'd move someplace else, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's totally different." And there was one time I was rehearsing with him, and he. It was the second time on the same piece, and he said, you know, it sounds different today because it's not... We, last time we rehearsed, it was the evening, and the air at, in the evening just carries the sound a little bit differently. And at that point, I felt a little bit disappointed that we weren't going to have, like, a 9 p.m. show or something. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because I think to to him, who hears that instrument all the time, he senses how it behaves differently, you know, with it, because it is part of the environment and different times of the day. Mm. <laughs> such an empathetic instrument that it turns the whole room into a part of the instrument as well as your living human body exactly, inside of it right, yeah. it's uh we were talking about some of the ways that people activate organs around town and there's uh at the kennel center they invite you to lay on the stage at verizon hall yeah. where they play the organ and you feel the kind of vibrations in your whole body but you don't have to lay on the stage you feel that right just being in the room with it it's yes. just so interesting yeah yeah that's cool i wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the title, In Plain Air, you know, when I think of that, come from an art historical background, mm -hmm. that makes me think of the French phrase, en plein air, which usually mm -hmm. means painting outside, very mm -hmm. much being one with the environment, like Zach mm -hmm. was just talking about hearing those vibrations and feeling them within your physical body. Was that an inspiration for you? How did you come to that title? Wow, this, this, this was one of those titles where it feels like there were a lot of people sort of going back and forth it certainly didn't come from one person it's like mm. yeah i think we were it, there was maybe six or seven of us batting around a whole bunch of titles mm -hmm. sort of with our feeling about the project and picking out words that seemed to resonate well one one aspect that we were really interested in is the the fact of the clear windows right uh at uh at christ church they're, they're not stained glass and when you were inside 
you see the outside, and that's very intentional um, right. on on the the part of the the builders and the people who have kept it that way. Um, and as well, when you're outside, you see in inside, and so there's a a, a literal transparency there that um, that we were very attracted to. Also, for this being a secular celebration of the of the organ and the space, um, and also. You know the weather's going to be beautiful in September. Knock on wood, and um, you know we may have the windows open, so you also get this uh, this permeation of sound from inside to outside, and um, and of course air, <laughs> and the the organ operates through air, um, right. and uh, so we we wanted to incorporate the kind of that life breath right. of the instrument into the uh, into the title. Yeah, we were. We were That's looking right. at all these different concepts. And <laughs> That's right. And and plain air is a is a, a familiar term. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. you know, making more English and mm-hmm. repurposing. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks to a certain uh, democracy or something, mm-hmm. like a, a shared space in a certain yeah. fashion. I think it's very cool, especially given yeah. the history of the building. Right. They call it the nation's church. Right. Uh, the idea of these bells ringing as the independent or as the the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. is signed is this image that people have, and I think it it speaks to uh, an aspirational kind of uh, forward thought in mm-hmm. that same vein. And I think the collaborative nature also speaks to ICE, the International mm-hmm. Contemporary Ensemble, as a group. Can you tell us a little bit about your history with that ensemble and what it's been like to work with those additional musicians on the pieces? Well, Phyllis and I have both played with the uh, International Contemporary Ensemble for a long time, you much longer than, than I have. Um, and uh, it's it's my joy as both a composer and uh, as a player, I'm a percussionist as well, to um, to play alongside these musicians. I know them really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're my family, and uh, you know, I know them better than, than any other musicians. Um, so having written many pieces for for many members before um it's this grows out of out of that spirit uh of a shared um repertoire of things that i've done and also of things that uh by other composers that we've done together and i played phyllis's music with them as well and um and i've played nathan's music (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and and they're just um consummate collaborators um you know everybody brings a great deal of creativity there's there's no um fixed role or um you know um i don't know people aren't confined to just play uh play their instrument (laughs) when we were um looking at when breath becomes there the piece that i wrote for the mini pipe whistles uh, last time uh, it's a new instrument to everybody and um there was a couple of, they were just starting to go back and forth without any direction of mine of like, oh, I'm going to work out this solution for this weird thing. Oh, well, I put it in my arm and my elbow this way. And mm-hmm. or I use my thumb or it seems like there's a natural kind of collaborative problem solving or sharing that just happens. Um, even with things that are outside of their norm, you know? And so I think that's sort of always been there, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, a kind of common thread of, uh, playing an instrument to the fringes of its voice, like to the full, uh, listening to its full and complete voice. 
flipping it upside down and seeing what it sounds like that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very cool. <laughs> and I, I just I remember I, I only got to go to one rehearsal. You might have seen me lording around. Uh, but no, even there, like the conversations that were being had were all kind of about like, well, how how do you want to get there? How do you want to get to this sound? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's always just really interesting mm-hmm. to be in the room. The nice is there. I know another part of ICE is its commitment to the community, which we yes. talked a little bit about already. But I know you've also been doing what you call open ICE, mm-hmm. and you have one of those coming up this week. I wonder if you can talk about what that might be like for people and ICE's larger commitment to that type of sharing of the creative process and the rehearsal. In, in large part, Open Ice is really a chance for any, it's very informal, it's a chance for people to come and feel like they can ask questions and know what's going on. Um, and so I think all along it's been free and we just want to make it possible for people to just be able to see it a little bit more up and close. Mm-hmm. Um, for our preview performance, we're doing um, the non-organ pieces, the pieces that don't use the actual organ, um, one piece by Nathan and one piece by myself. Um, we're showing a little bit of what they'll be seeing um, for the full full show in September. And then there's an additional open ice open rehearsal September 19th and 20th. Uh, and those will be at Christ Church at 3 p.m., correct? Yes, yes. they will be. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, we had a silly question for you. Do you guys want to do a silly one? Yeah. Let me yeah. Do silly. <laughs> What's your favorite toy growing up? A thing that you might have gotten attached to or, or had some... And I guess we can answer, too. Yeah, and around. this came out of our interest in the toy instruments that yes. you have played before yeah. <laughs> that you'll be playing as part of this concert. Mm. I think it was probably my lovey. <laughs> my lovey. Totally. It was a rabbit. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, people generally latch on to stuffed animals. I was going to say the same thing. I had a giant, uh, I don't even know where my parents found this, but it was a very cutesy uh, stuffed Godzilla that I took everywhere oh with me. Goodness. I was like Godzilla obsessed as a child. Still <laughs> am, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I really loved American Girl dolls, which I think continues to bear into who I am, but I love the historical nature of them, mm-hmm. but the play acting, the role playing, storytelling. Kind of thing. Did you ever make everybody be an American girl and come to your, your party? You know, no, but I lived in Chicago where they had the first American Girl doll store. Ooh, so you could bring your doll came. and go to tea, tea with your doll. And I loved doing that. I would go with my mom and my sister and my grandma. Or you could go to the American Girl Review, which was this mini Broadway production with young Chicago child actors with their dolls where they would act out Samantha's story and Molly's story um, and there was music involved as well which I loved wow yeah what am I doing <laughs> uh, tough, tough act to follow yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction which is a bit, um, I was pretty obsessed with a record player when I was when I was uh, a kid and, and uh. I had this little one that you know, for kids that wouldn't play until you shut the lid. Oh, so yeah. you put a record in and you shut the lid and, and I would put my my head on it mm. and just and rest my head on the whole console, uh, and then, you know, open it up and put on a new record. And I some of my earliest memories are about that machine mm. and also traumatic memories of losing records. <laughs> because I would carry records around with me you know, in you know, when I would leave That's the like house, yeah, exactly, <laughs> no. like security record, and yeah, yeah, I lost one. It was tragic. Oh no, you've all been there. <laughs> that is hard. 
Well, um, we were supposed to ask you what you're drinking, because it is, it is happy hour, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we uh, had oh. drinks provided to us from Le Peg, our festival bar. Yes. Uh, they'll be open uh, straight through the festival, with special discounts available to artists uh, in the festival. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get you guys all set up. Well, I'm having a coffee, because I have a long day ahead of me still. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. Early morning, <laughs> drinking coffee. But I'll be at Le Peg later today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Katie and myself opted for this uh, very fancy uh, blood orange soda that they made us. It's called a blood orange spritzer. Highly recommend. Mm. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us and talking with us a little bit about the project. I think audiences should be super excited to come see the show September 22nd. On 23rd, on, the, on September 22nd, the show is at 1, 3.30, and 6 p.m. And on September 23rd, you can see the show at 3.30 and 6 p.m. at Christ Church. Make sure uh, you check out neighborhoodhouse.com. Uh, they'll have more information about the open ice uh, activities and rehearsals coming up. And a uh, reminder, tickets are available at Fringe Arts, fringearts.com, and in the app. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you both we, so much. We hope everybody will see you at the concert later this week. Cheers. 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 Cheers.